welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Once again, our show is on the air through the generosity and support of Ron Rubin Winery. Ron Rubin specializes in Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, wines that to me truly capture the essence of the region. Check out their website at ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to episode 182. Today, our guests are from Sip Sip Hooray, a fellow wine podcast with the hosts Mary Babbitt and Mary Orlin, and they're coming to us live from two different locations. Welcome, Mary and Mary. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here. This is Mary Babbitt. Hey, Mary. And we're excited to be here. This is Mary Orlin, all the way down in Palm Springs, California. So Mary and Mary, they're like the dynamic duo, really. They have... Um, so much experience behind them. They are both are journalists, and they also are James Board. James Board, not that you're bored. James, James <laughs> Beard Award winners for their and Emmy winners because they were one of the first people to create a wine TV show that was really created experiences for people to understand what is wine country about and how to come and visit and what to do and. They really have amazing backgrounds. And I also know Mary Orland personally, she's the best dressed person on any press trip. <laughs> I have to w- live up to my wine fashionista. Yes, and, and you do. <laughs> and, and Mary Babbitt would be like the most uh, casually dressed, um, thinking practically, Possibly a stained outfit. <laughs> okay, so Mary. Okay, so I Mary can Babbitt's my Mary doppelganger. Babbitt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are more in the Mary Babbitt than the Mary Orland because Mary always looks. Mary Orland looks amazing at all times. But that's something we can, you know, dream towards. <laughs> you are our inspiration. Inspiration. There you go. It's such a good thing we don't have cameras on right now. I just finished working out, and I'm a mess. So both of you are, you know, really well-versed. You're journalists, you're, you're communicators. What made you say, hey, let's start a podcast? Well, it was, uh, I, I think it was mostly, I, it started with me. And, uh, the, you know, podcasting was young. And I thought, well, I want to do, I want to still be involved in wine. And yet I also want to, you know, I'm a, I have four children. I also have a, you know, kind of a, have a busy life at home. So I thought, what is something I can do that allows me to keep my feet in the water without having to jump completely in? You know what I mean? Right. Have some and flexibility. Thought, exactly. And, you know, certainly able to work from home uh, and with some opportunities to get out of the house. And that was really especially important as COVID got, <laughs> got further and further into COVID. It's yeah. like, get me out of this house. But um, so when I, I suggested to Mary Orland, hey, would you want to do a podcast where we talk about wine? And, um, and she was, for me, the perfect person because uh, we had worked together on the wine television show in wine country. And uh, she went on to become a sommelier. And so she really knows more about the technicalities of wine than mm-hmm. I do. I'm kind of the everyman on our show, and I, that's what was my role on the television show as well. But to me, the idea of podcasting sounded like a fun adventure that wasn't so out of our realm that it would be, you know, uh, a backbreaker for us. It seemed like something we could handle. Right. And, and have fun with. 
and the barrier to entry is pretty low. So we, that's always nice. Really? <laughs> well, and you know, really, I, I think the idea was mostly like, how can we get rich quick? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wrong. <laughs> exactly. Really nailed exactly. it. Good yeah. idea. <laughs> I, it sounded like a great idea, but what we didn't realize at first was how technical doing a podcast is. Right. Um, you know, when Mary Mary B, this is Mary Orland, when we were doing the TV show, we had two fabulous videographers. Who right. Did you had a staff. They did. We we had a very small staff, but it was mighty. Yeah. And um, so um, Mark and John were our videographers. And they were also the show editors. So, you know, Mary and I, Mary B and I could just focus on content and for me, all the logistics planning and setting up the shoots. But once it was just me and Mary B doing the podcast, it's like, oh my God, how do we do this? And, yeah. you know, it's a, little, it's a little bit more daunting. And especially when COVID hit, like, okay, well, Zoom was kind of a godsend, but right. Zoom was had its own issues. Um, we were always wrestling with that. Um, I have to give a shout out to my husband, who is our technical advisor. Without him, <laughs> the podcast would not have gotten off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I I think people underestimate. There's a lot more to a podcast than you think. It's it's not right. it's not a trivial thing to get it sound right, edited, re- even getting recorded. I, I think when Beth and I first started out. We were in the Wine Road, you know, warehouse, and there were times when I forgot to push record, you know, and we'd oh, do the whole show yeah. and it wasn't recorded. And, like, we'd be very oh. witty, and then it's like, we have to do it again. I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's terrible. You can't do it again, oh, you know? I can so relate. I am our technical person now, and I have done that, and it's 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 humiliating. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, every all the bad things, it's that. And we're high fiving <laughs> each other. Wow, that was great. And then like, oh, I don't think that recorded. <laughs> yeah, it it is. Yeah, you get that. You have you to be up for it. Stomach. You're like, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, but you know, I think I think we've gotten better over the years. But also, it's it's a work in progress. The two of you, well, just like me, work in progress. But what I love about your show and the two Marys that I like to say is you bring such a wealth of background, you know, journalism, your your wine expertise, but that you were really the pioneers for wine television, you know, wine country living and then in wine country, both created something that other people are using it as a model. Right. Thank you. We that really fortunate for that background and, and to have had those fun experiences on the television show. We absolutely loved doing it. And we're just both of us, our whole crew was devastated when when the recession hit and, and our show went away. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't about content or anything. It's about timing. You know, yeah. everything has its time and, we, you know, you can't fight City Hall, so to speak. Yeah. But that you did that and you got that and all your laurels. I, I just say shout out to that. And then to bring that expertise and bring it to your podcast. I love that. I think it's great. It's a great next step. Appreciate it. You know, it's like when you do a TV show or a podcast, you know, you just never know what kind of response you're going to get. And it kind of goes out into black ether. Right. So it's really nice when people, you know, kind of recognize what we were trying to do. Oh, every yeah. every once yeah. in a while I get an email from somebody who says, you know, they're a podcast listener from Dallas, you know, and they just love this show. And I think, oh, my gosh, you know, we have listeners. <laughs> right. And they like us. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot and of Sally Field moments. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. like us. They really like us. 
Yeah, it's fun. I I would encourage your listeners as well as ours to reach out whenever they think about it. I mean, I have met up with podcast listeners when they've come to town to visit, and I'll meet them at a tasting room and you know share a glass of wine with them. It, I mean, it really is. That's why you're doing it, and I'm sure that's why you're doing it to just inform people and to get them excited about wine. And if you can connect with them in person, it's it's rewarding. It's super fun. Absolutely, and I should say it's. We love what you guys are doing, so keep up the great work. We try. We have fun. Thank you. We're <laughs> we're we're grateful. We now have a studio. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it makes all the difference. In all the, world. the technical stuff. I mean, it used to be on me, and it, it it's hard. I don't think people realize. They think, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. It's like, you know, Mickey and Judy putting on a show in the backyard. It's not that easy, <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of things to be aware of. And now. You know, we're so lucky to have the audience and the sponsorship to be able to do it, you know, with our great studio here at Threshold with Richard. Right. But it really takes a level of pressure off yeah. to be able to to not have to worry about all those technical details. But my hat's off to anyone who does it because we've done both. The community of podcasters, especially wine podcasts, you know, we all should support each other. And that's why it's great to have you both on the show because – it's it's a niche, you know, there, there's a lot of wine podcasts, but it's very, everyone has their particular bent and it's, you know, we're all in one family and I think we should support that. Absolutely. Good for you. I totally agree. And like for us, we, um, years ago, we uh, spoke at the, we did a little seminar at the podcast movement back in Philadelphia and um, someone was asking about growing your audience. And I said to them, every podcast is, is has a different um purpose. And for us, I, I don't need 100,000 people listening to our podcast. I need people who are interested in coming to Sonoma County. I mean, that's really what we're doing. So if that ends up being 5,000 people or 10,000 listeners, I mean, that's great because that's a, a number of people that will come here. So yeah, every podcast does have its different purpose. And um, we just want to make, for us, we want to make the wineries really feel approachable. We want people to to feel like these are agriculture is important in Sonoma County, and it's a lot of family-run wineries. And if you come here, you can meet those people, and you know oh, that absolutely. that makes that's what brings it to life. So for well, you, you just want your purpose really is you want people to enjoy wine more, to learn more about wine. What do you? What is it that you really want? Well, we love the stories that are connected with wine and the people who make it. We always say the, the story behind the label. Right. But yes. to me, uh, and, and to Mary Orland, I think the, uh, the individuals who are making wine or owning the wineries, the how, how do they get their stories? Mm-hmm. I love those. Uh, the um, kind of the pioneering stories of people uh, breaking glass ceilings in wine and the wine industry. I love all of that. And I also really enjoy wine, but I, I particularly love meeting the people who are uh, in the wine industry because unlike the fancy notion of wine, you know, people right. who, you know, this expensive bottle or whatever, right. the folks making it, as you guys well know, the folks who are in the industry, the folks making it couldn't be more down to earth. Exactly. Yes. So there's just... And, and that, to me, is kind of a fun, oh, kind of lifting the curtain on the wine industry a little bit and helping people see, as you were saying, um, get to know the the uh, what's wonderful about the different regions, A, and B, which is what's really cool about the people who are making the wine that you love. I 
was at a um, meeting a week or so ago for the with the Wine Institute, and I sat down next to you know a gentleman, and uh, we were going introducing ourselves, and it was Steve Lore from J J Lore Vineyards, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, wow, I felt like that's so cool. <laughs> I felt like a little <laughs> kid. I'm meeting like this an iconic family. I'm amazed. So we had this big conversation about the tea he was having and about tea drinking. <laughs> I thought I left, and he's like, so nice to meet you, Beth. And I thought, oh my gosh. Really, it was so thrilling to meet you. <laughs> we had a great conversation. Aww. It is about the well, people. So great. What's great about the wine industry, what we love about it, is um, the relationships that we've also developed. And right. we, it's been more than 20 years since we launched in wine country. And wow. we are still in touch with so many of the folks who were on the show in the early years. Like yeah. we, um, today, we just dropped a new episode today. Um, with Darcy Kent of Darcy Kent Wine Estates in Livermore Valley. Mm-hmm. And she was in one, like our fifth episode. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, wow. You know, to um, to um, stay in touch all these years and yeah. go back and revisit. When we filmed with her way back when, she had two young girls, and now they're grown and they're involved in the business. <laughs> it's so exciting to That see. is exciting. Um, you guys are really a legacy. Had... You've created this legacy, Aww. and now through the podcast, you get to reconnect. And I, I really feel like you did pioneer the whole, you know, like the Samantha Brown of travel, but for wine. I, I think you just really codified it, and you you really paved the way. So it's amazing to see how many, you know, everywhere now. And I remember when we were doing it, and wineries were so reluctant. Oh, right. Oh, that's so funny. Sure. <laughs> right. We don't know if we want to right. be exposed to millions of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We used to start off like an interview and I would be like, I just want you to know, I'm not going to Mike Wallace. This. Yeah. 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 We're not here to bring you to tears. <laughs> There's no gotcha moment. <laughs> yeah. That's and, funny. You know, they were, they were very nervous about how to represent their winery and, and television cameras are intimidating anyway. Yes, right. And somebody is completely natural and down to earth and then the camera turns on or the lights go on and it's like they just oh goodness they turn it they get very formal and it was really a goal of ours to spend enough time that they would relax on camera with us so that we could actually tell their story in a genuine way and you're bona fide journalist people are kind of scared of journalists for some reason but (laughs) we're just here to help you tell your story well i think also i talked to a lot of wineries who feel like like, well, who would care about that? Like, no one wants to know our family story. And it's like, no, that's exactly what they want. Not, they don't want the dirt on your, they want to know how you became involved in the wine business to begin with. And, you know, up here, I work with a lot of wineries that are third and fourth and fifth generation. And they're like, that's just a given to them. It's like, but but that's interesting to listeners. I mean, people yeah. do want to tell you to hear that story. What we have found is that by telling people's stories, because viewers watching at home or people listening to a podcast, you know, we discovered early on that wine tasting on camera or on the air just doesn't work. Right. So how do you make that connection for your listener, for your viewer? And it's the story. Right. And if you tell a story about a family that has roots, they came from somewhere in Italy, say, well, maybe you have a connection to yeah. that town or region in Italy mm-hmm. and here's somebody doing something really fascinating. Or, you know, one thing we always try to do when we, we do the stories is find out what else they do besides wine. Yeah, right. Whether it, they're really into, you know, mountain climbing mm-hmm. or 
um, road biking or something really cool that other people can relate to too. It's like, oh, okay, you know, there's, you know, and they have a fun side to that. Right. And it can be fun. Like they're just like the rest of us. (laughs) Yes. Celebrities are just like us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I felt that way seeing that, you know, I had Mary Babbitt and Mary Orlin on the show today. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, oh, we've made it. <laughs> we have celebrities on our show. Yay. Also, your show, what's that... great about Sipore is, you know, our show is very focused on northern Sonoma County. Right. We're very specific. But you span the whole state. You also cover other regions. So you have a bigger reach and a greater mm-hmm. um, influence. What are some of the places you enjoy most in Sonoma specifically? Oh, put you on the spot. Uh oh, they <laughs> went quiet on us. No, no, I have, I have. There's so many. I mean, I love the Sonoma. It's like, it the was county a, is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big, you know, big area. A, but it was always a favorite place for us to film and now to visit. I was recently in Hillsburg, and you know, I just, you know, Hillsburg is so amazing, and it's always been a special place. And just, you know, all the things around the square. And then the number of tasting rooms that are there now. It's like, crazy. oh my gosh, you know, yeah. We first, I don't, I think there might have been one or two when we first started filming. But now it's amazing. And the world class restaurants and shopping. And, and then it's just so beautiful. Um, but well, I love I'll, just, well, sorry, Mary, before you go on to the wineries that you love, I just want to, I loved the kind of the, cool vibe in Sonoma County, you know, yeah. it, um, it has, there's, there's an artsy, funky vibe to it that I really, really love. And it's, it's laid back. And yet, um, there, you know, there's plenty of sophisticated places and everything, but there's a quirky, fun, um, I, I guess cool is the, the word I would use to say, to describe Sonoma County, which is what I, I, I truly love about it. We're the Chill Valley. I think that's, I mean, it is a good mix because you can have a great, you know, Michelin restaurant, but you can also go to great taqueria. You know, I mean, it really is a great mix. You don't have all the, um, shall we say, faux chateau type wineries either. You have some that are just so down to earth. I mean, you know, Iron Horse is always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There because, you know, the taste room is just outside and, right. you know, a wooden plank on top of barrels. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. Iron Horse is a good example. I mean, the way you stand outside and you just look out over Green Valley while you're tasting, it's like, well, that is pretty hard to beat. <laughs> with their world-class wines. Yeah, with, with amazing wines. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I have a question. Yeah. How did you both meet? We met through the show. I, I had I had been doing, uh, I was a news anchor at uh, KNTV in San Jose, which is NBC Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so I was doing news and I'd had two of my four kids and the second one was just a terrible sleeper and I was just <laughs> kind of losing my mind and um it was a terrible eater also when I wasn't there so um I asked to move to Dayside mm. so I could try to have more uh to be part-time and move to Dayside anyway long story short eventually I decided I just got to retire so oh I my retired gosh. from the news business and then I was I threw myself a retirement party even. And then maybe a few months later, the station contacted me again and said, hey, would you want to do this uh, this wine show? And I, the way I remember it, Mary, you can correct me, but I said, well, 
it sounds amazing, yes, but I only want to work part-time. And I'm pretty sure the response is, well, great, because we only want to pay someone part-time. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It was a perfect exactly. match. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a very shoestring budget. I mean, it's amazing. We even got on the air with our budget. So I was part-time on it, but I really did love doing it. It was funny because half the time I, I went on to have two more kids, so I was pregnant in a lot of the episodes. And then they would run on repeat, and people would say, my gosh, how many kids does this woman have? Stop all this. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no. Oh, that's well, good. First, well, I... The first time I met Mary Babbitt was when she came in for her interview for the position. And, um, you know, she was terrific, and then we did a screen test, and then we were off and running. But um, to comment on Mary having two of her children during the show, um, her her third child, Grace, was on set many, many, many times in the first year or so. So, um, unfortunately, we had um, our small crew um, was able to help take care of Grace while Mary was Oh, that's great. And a lot of fake drinking, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, yes, which was really weird. <laughs> My mouth and trying to fake swallow and be, and then react like, mm. yeah, right. Cut. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. That's awesome. So you didn't know each other before, but you met there, and then this just blossomed. You have a great chemistry together. Um, our our team really became family. We traveled together just about every weekend. I'm going on location. So, and um, because of our lovely low budget, we had to share hotel rooms. Oh my <laughs> we gosh! Got to know each other pretty well. Wow. <laughs> this sounds like you could also have had like a little sitcom on the side. Well, it's funny because it all seems so much more glamorous than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking some things now. <laughs> some, of our crew. some outtakes. Some outtakes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we're in the same club here, uh, Mary B, because I have four kids also. Yeah, not not many oh, people are in that club. <laughs> my youngest is going to, is going to be a senior in high school, so I'm you know I feel like I'm not. I many people are like, oh, you'll be an empty nester soon. Like, yay! And I'm really I'm dreading it. I I have just so enjoyed um, being a mom, and so yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so I have my four kids now live in four different time zones. My youngest is 33. They're all over the place. Is that right? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... Mm. <laughs> but they all listen to the podcast. Yeah. I don't know That's how they that. keep yeah. in touch with dear old mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of FaceTime. I was just going to say one of our favorite destinations that we need to get back to, though, is Sonoma County. And um, where Dry Creek Valley, there's just so many places that are just spectacular, and the wines produced are just so good. I think the climate is perfect with there's you know the cooling influence, and then those warm days, it's just lovely, you know. And um, there's so much to promote for you guys in Sonoma County, and uh, and it truly is a world class wine region with really cool people. Yeah, and we are only doing a portion of Sonoma County because we focus on northern Sonoma County, but the the county is huge. There's so much to offer, abundance of greatness here. I know. <laughs> All the food and the wine, and we have the redwoods, we have the ocean. It's it's one wine region that really has more, I think, than almost any other place because of our 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 position. 
And I do think um, what you said, you do have to sort of pick one spot and kind of go out from there. Uh, the region is just yeah. too big. You can't go everywhere and you can't pick this particular favorite winery over here. And, uh, we, you know, I talk to people who are going to start in Sonoma and then they want to do something in Dry Creek Valley. I say, well, you know, that's, you know, about a 50 minute drive. So you need to plan accordingly. <laughs> right. Get them out. We, were, we often get so many wineries to do in a day. Right. And I, I think. Uh, I, I think three is a max. What do you guys three think? Three is I think three is good these days. That's Especially really Especially with experiences and how you're long you're at the winery a little longer. Right. Yeah, so sit down and I, I also try to get people to do different things. Maybe one winery with a cave tour. If you've never been in a winery cave, it's awesome. And then one winery where you can sit outside surrounded by gardens or vineyards and taste, you know, an outdoor tasting experience. And then one food and wine pairing experience. So I mean you can really Three wineries with completely different, you know, experiences is the way to go. Yeah, it's a different pace, I think, today. A good lunch. Yeah, yes, a good and, lunch. And food in between in one of our fabulous restaurants. Or so many wineries now offer great food programs, too. So. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was just at Trattori Farms out in Dry Creek Valley last weekend, and they have, you know, they do a lunch menu. And I thought, well, you know, it was just convenient. So I thought I'd get it lunch for convenience sake, but it was this amazing panini sandwich. I thought, this is one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. And with a beautiful fresh salad, you know, everything they do is fresh and organic. And yeah, it was delicious. And that awesome view. Yeah, and the view is... And, and some of that, I feel like when we were first started the wine show, the food really wasn't a thing. You oh, know, no. That, but not like it is now. And, um, and and the kind of the pairing experiences and stuff, it was more just bellying up to the tasting bar. So. Right. You know, now there's really you can you can really pick and choose uh, the experience that you want. That's definitely the way to go. Well, and uh, I'm a fan also of Geyserville and some uh-huh. of the wineries out there. They're so so beautiful. Um, just whether in the South Formiger states, love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis Ford Coppola, of course, you got to throw that one in there. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, gotta go see the Definitely. the movie memorabilia. Gotta go see his Oscar. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe dip, take a dip in the pool. <laughs> It's right, amazing. Right. So, Mary and Mary, tell us about how often you post, what the shows are. So, listeners, because we want to cross-promote, we want our listeners to know that Sip Sip Hooray is a great auxiliary. Tell us a little about, about the podcast and what people can expect. We don't have, it's not like every other Monday. It's, you know, usually every two weeks. Okay. Um, and um, what we try to do is really look for stories that we think people are going to resonate with, maybe stories they haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been really trying to focus on diversity, inclusion, and um, just not in people, but in locations too. Like this year, we had um, two podcasts that um, we recorded um, with in Brazil. Oh, my gosh. And that was really exciting. That is cool. Um, wow. I, Mary B. and I were invited to join a group of journalists, really the first group of American journalists, to um, be brought to Brazil to um, really get to know the region and the wineries. And it was fantastic. Um, You know, the quality of the wines just really, I think, blew all of our minds. It was a small group of journalists. And um, so we invited a couple of the winemakers I met there um, to come on the show Mary B. was supposed to be with us, but unfortunately, medical or dental issue, actually. Oh, no. But, um, I know. 
But um, and we've had some, you know, um, we had a vintner recently on from Walla Walla, Washington, and so you know, with the podcast, we we're trying to expand our reach and go. We like to feature some of the smaller regions too. We love the Santa Clara Valley. We love Livermore Valley. Just you know, regions we love that we want others to know about. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. And also, it's a changing face of the wine world, where yeah. it's not just. Um, um, white men running the wine world. Exactly. (laughs) There's lots of women in it now and people of color. That's exciting. And it really is. And so being able to tell some of those stories has been a real treat for us. And uh, and to see the way things are changing. It's it's been a long time coming, but the changes are happening and the wine world is opening up to more and more people and expanding what's possible in in the wine industry. And there are so many more oh small operations where you don't have to own the big chateau and and, and make a you can make a mark in a smaller way where you're purchasing grapes and making world-class wine, that's been fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, so there's, we find there's a never-ending supply of great stories and great people to meet in the wine world. And, and you know, your listeners love, you know, meeting those people they wouldn't find on their own necessarily, you know, so you, right. you have the opportunity right. to introduce them to people who, you know, they're not going to come across. And I think... Um, I certainly find that the visitors that I talk to here, that's who they really love when they can get into a winery where they're going to meet the owner or the winemaker, get to know that person instead of a a corporate tasting room situation, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, so we don't have, I mean, we're, we, our pace may be a little slower in that we're only doing a cup, two a month, Mm -hmm. but, um, but that works for us in our lives and, it, you know, it gives us a chance to um, do other things and be researching stuff and and finding other new stories to tell. And it doesn't feel like a grind. It feels like a, right. a pleasure to do that right. instead of the chore. And that's, you know, we only, we, our show is every other Thursday. So we just have two shows a month. And I mean, I, I think that works for us. It works for our listeners. They, you know, I think if it was constant, they wouldn't maybe listen to every show. I don't but I think know how as it people is, do those every yeah. week or twice yeah. a week podcasts. Yeah. More than a full-time job. I mean, yeah. the, the amount of research that goes into each right. episode is a lot. Right. And, um, you know, we really, we like to be well-researched because, you know, we, I, and I especially like it because I like to dig to find, you know, I'll read a lot of interviews or listen to podcasts um, our, our upcoming guests have done. And um, I love it when I can find a nugget or two that they haven't talked you about. You want something new. Else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the journalistic integrity in both of you. You yeah. both have that background. So right. that's what makes it great because you have that, the balance and that foundation of research is really important. Mm-hmm. The people don't understand podcasts. It's a lot of background work mm-hmm. that you don't, you hear it because you've done all the pre-work and you've made right. it happen. And so it's uh you know, anyone who wants to start a podcast, I first I look at them saying, why? why? And then I say, good for you. And like, <laughs> go for it. I usually just make about a million bullet points of all the things they're going to have to do. And then that, that, that talks them out of it. <laughs> this is what's it, what it's involved. <laughs> you know, the research and actually recording it and editing it. But then you got to promote it in the well, yeah. social media. The time it takes to 
it takes me a couple hours to do all that after I've sure. published a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work, but that's what's great to be band together. We started a program where we're doing like a link exchange, and then we thought, let's have the Marys on the podcast. I know that would be even better because we're trying to cross promote other wine podcasts because our audience. Everyone's audience they're interested in is wine interested, and, they get a different and angle. so it, it helps. But that's the best way to learn about another podcast is on a podcast. So right. we're happy to promote you guys and, and work with you, too, because it's all, you know, the wine is vast and everyone has a niche and there's, there's really no stepping on anyone's show, so to speak. It's just all more is more. And I like that. <laughs> more is more. Yeah. I'm going to make that a shirt. Forward to yeah, we look forward to introducing Wine Road and both of you, Beth and Marcy, to our listeners at a future date, too, because we'll have you on our pod. And that'd be that'd awesome. Be that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we will put the deets on how to reach Sip Sip Hooray. I'll put your website in there. And anything else that we haven't asked you that you might want to mention to our listeners that might will become your listeners. <laughs> We're on Substack now. We started a Substack channel. So oh, nice. Go there, subscribe, and you can get an email as soon as our new episodes drop. Oh, that's so that's good. a way to subscribe. And, you know, you can always subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to too but um, we're planning to do a few little extra content things on Substack so it's worth subscribing. So do you, can you embed video in Substack? I'm not video, yes. I'm sorry, audio? Um, yes, you can. You can, um, you can set up a channel and you can actually import all of your older episodes and then you can add your new ones as you go. Ah, interesting, because I think Substack is, I definitely subscribe to a lot of Substack, different writers for, um, you know, and I get those emails and from different genres right. or different world, you know, different topics, but I didn't think that you could, that's a great idea. That's, that's cool. Sounds See, like there a pro- you go. project for Marcy. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. Like, uh, <laughs> I just put something I don't on my know. plate. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I like that, though. I think, um, you know, social media promotion is so hard in podcasting and to have, you know, different platforms. But then all these platforms, they change, they collapse, they right. coalesce. It's it's so hard to like, you know, it's like the whack-a-mole of where to promote, how to find your audience. And we just thought, you know, let's share our audience with other audiences. It's a, it's a good way to, to cross-promote. We love that so much. Thank you so much for that that mindset and that generosity of spirit, because it truly is, I think that's probably even more difficult than the editing for us. Um, it is the finding the audience and helping people find us. Right. So thank you for being willing to share your audience with us. And, and we look forward to doing the same with you when you come on our podcast. And, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So let's lift each other up. Absolutely. Like <laughs> yes. And also, you know, your podcast is really helps our listeners just enjoy wine more. So mm-hmm. it's a compatible. It's great. Also, I'm always follow Mary for fashion tips. <laughs> I bet you were the best dressed person on that Brazil trip. <laughs> okay. I tried. Like, yeah, this, this is I'm what I sure. should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll ladies. Have we'll to come see you guys when we're up in Sonoma County and um, Northern would... Sonoma. 
and I will definitely up my wardrobe game when I get to <laughs> Oh, please, tone it down around us. We don't want to be uh, up, upstaged. It would be great. It would be super great if, to connect in person if you were up here. That would be fun. Yeah, we we'd love, love that. that. Yeah. So we will put a link to your podcast, of course, and to just spread the word. We're so happy to have you both on the show. Thank you for taking the time. And we will see you on the wine road. Thank you. Marcy and Beth, thank you both. You're both delightful and we thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you. (laughs) All righty. Cheers to both of you. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) 